0: The Awaken Project Chapter 6 Acceptance and Loss I had been lying to myself keeping parts of my past locked deep away inside Ever since I closed my eyes and prepared for death memory after memory began to creep up from the deep recesses of my mind Just thinking about it caused so much pain not just because of what the memory entailed but because I felt just remembering it was disrespectful to Clara. After witnessing what happened to Clara and hearing her words and feelings, and also feeling how she felt inside, I could not help but think back on that time. I had told myself Clara was the only woman I ever truly loved, but that was not true. There was another. When I decided to enlist, I wanted to do so far away from my home country. I had severed ties after finishing high school and did not want to look back upon my time there. Since the Alliance military needed troops, they did not care where these troops came from. In the end, I signed up in a small town in western Canada. We were shipped off and trained in what was then called Michigan. I did not know any of the other recruits, and that was fine by me. Their names did not matter, and I could be whoever I wanted to be. Though I planned to be distant and focus on my training from the start, I still ended up caring about three people. What I never expected was that I would come to fall in love with one of them. Originally, I did not respect her. Sarah Preston was the daughter of a of Captain Vincent Preston, head of the Alliance Eastern Air Force. When she arrived at basic training, everyone expected her to be given the world treatment because of her name. It did not help matters any that Sarah was a proud woman, very confident to the point that if you did not know her, you would think she was arrogant. Sarah's pride, as soon as I came to realize, was warranted. She did not take the easy road to anything. Everything she did was to prove she was as good as everyone else. Sarah wanted to be the best. Not to live up to her father, but her own goals and standards. As basic training continued, it became clear to everyone that Sarah was a true soldier and she earned everyone's respect. However, I still had my reservations about her. Growing up the way I did, I hated anyone with a famous lineage. After being ostracized for my parents' refusal to join the Alliance military, I grew to resent people who used their last name to get ahead in life. All I saw when Sarah would go to extremes was someone who knew the correct way to utilize their family name without attracting negative attention. I found nothing special about her accomplishments during the beginning of basic training. I myself has done what she had, and much more. The problem obviously was with me, but I was stubborn and wanted to prove my opinion right. During my time in high school, I became proficient in accessing restricted networks and had even cracked the Alliance network downloading a pre-release copy of an operating system that was to go global once the war was over. I used my abilities to break into Sarah's personal records, I learned her father did not want her on the front lines. Sarah was an accomplished diplomat during her time in college. She was asked to join the Alliance Nations Council, but refused the offer instead, transferring to the Marines. I read her family history, discovering that she was kidnapped as a child, along with her mother by a Federation terrorist group. The group planned to use Sarah's mother to get Captain Preston to give up sensitive information. Captain Preston notified Alliance Command that pressured the Federation government to pursue the terrorist cell. The Federation military eventually found the location of Sarah and her mother when they sent in the forces the terrorists killed Sarah's mother right in front of her. After reading about everything Sarah had gone through and the fact that she still fought so hard to be accepted changed my opinion about her. I befriended her And near the end of basic training, we fell in love. Soon after, my friend Herschel was killed during a virtual reality simulation. The loss of a friend and my love for Sarah made me rethink my service in the military. I told Sarah how I felt and mentioned her time with the terrorists. She knew that information was classified, and I had to confess what I had done. She was livid. I told her she had nothing to prove, and neither did I. For the first time, I wanted to just run away. I asked her to come with me and leave the war behind. She refused and walked out on me. The next morning, I went looking for her to apologize. The commanding officer told me she was sent on a mission. I did not even know she had been tasked. They would not tell me anything, and I was left weeks to hear of any word of her. One night, Jonathan walked into the barracks. He had the same look on his face as he did when Herschel died. Sarah was captured and was killed trying to escape. That was all they would tell me. I never saw her body. There was no funeral. All I wanted was to tell her I was sorry and that I understood her dedication. I decided to apologize through my actions and completed advanced training. My career in the military was dedicated to her, and I was determined to serve with dignity in remembrance of her. When I began work at Naxum, I sat Clara down and told her about Sarah. She listened as I told her everything, including the fact that I still wished I could apologize to her. A look came over her face as if I had crushed something inside of her. Just as she was about to speak, the phone rang. It was her aunt. Her parents had been killed in a car accident. I never brought up Sarah again, and neither did she. For a time, I wondered what she was gonna say to me. I stood frozen. A cold breeze blew across the fields, sending a chill throughout my body. Watching Clara cry was killing me inside, and yet I could not bring myself to comfort her. There were words in my mind, things I wanted to say, but I could not speak them. Standing in what was to be heaven felt just like the night Claire received words, her parents were killed. She cried hysterically. I did everything I could to comfort her, but she just wanted to be alone. I understood that need. I had felt it plenty of times growing up, and so I gave her her space. That was what i needed space i believe clara knew it went as well she slowly rose to her feet the wind blew through her hair drying her tears she walked over to me and looked into my eyes we could never have continued if i did not tell you the truth david clara said this place is created using our thoughts memories and feelings We can live amongst each other or create a world of one. It is our choice. I wanted to create a world just for us so we could be together, to be happy. To do this, we have to be in sync with each other to keep the world stable. If not, it will collapse. Clara took my hand. It was no longer warm. The skies above began to lighten. Her words made sense to me. While I never concerned myself about the afterlife, I had dealt with terrible nightmares as a child. Along with my troubles socially, I had experienced health issues as a child as well. It was an experience that left my mental state damaged. And though during the day I could function semi-normally, at night I would be plagued with terrible dreams. Several psychiatrists attempted to help me but it was my bed nurse, Jacqueline, that cured me. She taught me that my dreams were the mind's way to work out its issues. I could not escape my my nightmares, she told me, but I could learn to control them, to change them. Over the next few months, she taught me how to take control of my dreams, teaching me that since it was my mind, the world in my dreams was mine to mold and shape to whatever I wanted. In time, I was able to work through my issues, and the nightmares ended. Maybe I was selfish, Clara said, a fresh tear dropping from her eye. By creating this place, I kept you from finding your own. There may have been other people you wanted to see. It was just that I missed you so much. I just wanted your pain to end, to give you what you wanted. Maybe I was not what you were looking for. Don't say that, Clara, I said adamantly. I thought about you every moment since the meteor fell. I wanted to die so I could be with you, but I knew you would want me to fight to continue on. My life continued so I could make them pay for what they did to you, and when my time came. My only wish was to see you again. I pulled her to me, wrapping my arms around her. Like my dreams, my afterlife was to be what I made of it. It was stupid for me to believe there would be no more pain. There is no love without hate, no pleasure without pain. Clara had suffered and in a moment of weakness turned to a man who tried to save her. There was no way I could truthfully tell myself that I would not do the same. Clara's warmth slowly returned and my surroundings changed to match my feelings. The sun began to shine and the clouds disappeared. Springtime had returned and I wanted nothing more than to put the past behind us and begin anew. David, take a moment, Clara said softly. It is important that you be alone with your thoughts. I will be waiting for you when you return. Clara, I love you. Please know that that will never change. With a kiss, the last of the gloom inside me was washed away. Clara smiled and walked towards the garden. A part of me wanted to follow her, but she knew me well. Often after Clara and I had a heated discussion, I would take a walk. At our home near Naxum, there was a large forest that I would hike through to clear my head. Almost as if placed there specifically for this occasion, a large forest sat just beyond the cabin. I began to walk through the dense forest amazed by how much it felt like the one back home. The smell of the bark, the rustle of the leaves. I could not help but wonder if earth was created as a mirror of heaven. More than likely, it was as Clara had said, our afterlife was created from our thoughts and memories. Perhaps the forest was from my mind. It was just the kind of environment that I wanted. In the distance, I could hear rushing water. With a steady jog, I followed the sound to a small stream. I knelt down at the stream's edge and ran my hand through the water. It was cool and crystal clear. I looked at myself in reflection. Still wearing my military uniform, I wanted to tear it off and leave it behind. I cupped my hands together and splashed the water against my face, closed my eyes, and took a deep breath. Finally, I was beginning to relax, and happiness was slowly returning to me. I opened my eyes and quickly turned around and looked behind me. There was a reflection in the water. It looked like Clara, but there was no one behind me. I stood up and looked around. I called out Clara's name, but received no answer. There was still so much about what happened to me that I did not understand. I could not be sure of what I saw. What I did know was that I wanted to remain with Clara and what happened in the past no longer mattered. I followed the stream back to the cabin. Clara was looking out the bedroom window. She smiled as she saw me approaching. It was time to make my feelings clear and to tell Clara that our new life together was to start now. I walked into the bedroom and Clara sat on the edge of the bed. I approached her and sat down next to her. She could see that I had something to tell her, but I wanted to do more than that. I took hold of her hand and held it in mine. I wanted her to feel me, to understand that no matter what, I would never leave her the truth had been shown to me and as painful as it was I knew it was necessary all that was left was to show her why I would never stop loving her I want you to see something I said to Clara please can you access my memories again yes I can Clara answered she placed her free hand on my forehead A rush of energy flowed through me. Every part of my body was tingling as if filled with a brilliant energy. My body became light and soon I could no longer feel it. All around me began to ripple as if reality were a still pond struck by a stone. The waves quickened and soon everything blurred and darkened. I could no longer feel Clara's hand but I could still feel that she was with me. David, what I've created is a pocket within our world. This blank dimension can be used by you to show me whatever you wish. Just think upon what you want to show me and it will be created here. I will help you as much as I can, but you must remain in control or the reality you create will shatter and we will need to start again. I could hear her words out loud and within my mind. Surrounded by darkness, I thought back to when we had finally dug our way out of Naxum. The darkness began to clear and I could see it, a vast tunnel leading out to a small waterway. It had taken so long to dig our way out. We had lost quite a few soldiers in the process. At the opening, leading to the outside, General Davilo stood with the communications team. Everyone, we have established communications with command. "'General Davalos said, addressing everyone. "'Here is what we know. "'Clara, by the time we had escaped from Naxim, "'the invaders had already landed. "'General Davalos was ordered to bring all surviving personnel "'to a staging base a few miles away. "'It was chaos. "'We all wanted to find out what happened to our loved ones. "'We were not prepared to fight even though we wanted revenge for what had happened.' General Davlos made it clear that if we disobeyed the order, we would be considered traitors. He had a security team with him who drew their weapons on us. A group of soldiers resisted and there was a firefight. I used the opportunity to escape and just ran towards our home. Running from Naxum, I saw the impact from the meteor fragment. It had struck just inside the fence perimeter, destroying the main entrance to the facility. The crater was the size of a football field. There were bodies everywhere, some burned so badly they were unrecognizable. The sky was a thick gray. It was unbearably cold and I could hardly breathe. In the distance, I could see Naxim City. It was in ruins. I charged on not knowing who or what was out there. I did not care about the enemy. I just wanted to reach home. As I came over the large hill towards the house, I knew inside there was little chance you would be there, but I kept on going hope with hoping that you would be before i reached the house i could see it it had been badly damaged nearly hollowed out the front door laid flat just inside our living room inside it was clear our home had been ransacked i still called out to you searching every inch of the house but you were not there i walked into our bedroom and saw the breakfast tray on the floor i could no longer keep strong I fell to my knees, crying, screaming out your name. It was dark before I finally left the house. I found your grandmother's locket under the bed. It was all that was left that was yours. There was nothing left for me. My only choices was to give it up or fight. It sickens me to think how close I came to just ending my own life right there and then, but I could not do that. You had died, murdered by them and I could not let that stand. It took the entire night, but I made it to the staging base. It was in ruins. Many vehicles and buildings were still on fire. The fallen bodies were fresh. The attack must have happened just hours before. In the command center, I found General Davalos' body. Before I could kneel down to pay my respects, I heard a rifle being cocked behind me. I was surrounded by a military scout team They blindfolded me and took me away by chopper. I told them the truth about everything. At that point, it did not matter anymore. Humanity was fighting for its survival and another willing person was all that was required. There were no more questions to be asked. I was briefed on the situation, given a weapon and sent out to fight. My thoughts returned to Clara sitting behind me and in an instant, I returned to the bedroom. Clara was still holding my hand and looking at me. It was dark outside. I did not know night was possible there. I pulled her close and hugged her tightly, running my hand up and down her back. Shortly before we were deployed, I checked the casualty database, I said to Clara. You were listed as dead. It was the only confirmation I had. The base they had taken me to was in New Chicago. I returned to our old apartment. It had been destroyed, but I found an open space near our backyard and buried your grandmother's locket there. It was then that I made my promise that I would not stop fighting until I was with you again. We are here now, together. That's all that matters, is us. Our life can begin anew, right here, right now. I just want you to be with me forever. Clara began crying softly, but these were not tears of pain. In each other's arms, we had found our heaven. She ran her hand down my chest as I pressed my lips against hers. I put aside my thoughts and surrendered to my feelings. We made love in a moonlight shining in through the bedroom window. I do not know if it was her or I who created the moon. Honestly, it did not matter. We fell asleep in each other's arms. I was at peace, content in my world, until a sound from outside woke me from my sleep. I sat up in bed, quickly turned towards the window. The moonlight lit up Clara's garden, but I could not see anyone. I looked down at Clara and smiled. She was still asleep. I could have watched her sleeping for hours, but again, a noise from outside drew my attention. Clara had clearly said that there were other people but the world created there was our own. I did not want to wake her, but I could not return to sleep until I investigated the noise. Quietly, I slipped out of bed, grabbing my clothes from the floor. I stepped outside, carefully closing the back door, and made my way towards the forest. I thought back to the image I saw earlier in the water. It was a woman, but I could not make out who it was. My thoughts began to wander. The afterlife would contain the souls of everyone who had died. Though I was not sure if there was a hell or different places where the dead would be, it was possible someone else was aware of my arrival and was searching for me. What did not make sense was why they would have to hide their presence. I did not want to believe that it could be someone who would cause us harm, but if there is pain and sadness in the afterlife, then evil was also possible. I only had the light from above to guide me through the forest. Once deeper in, I found myself surrounded by darkness. It kept me from progressing any further. The air felt cooler, and there was something else, an almost static-like presence in the air. Just as I was turning to head back to the cabin, I heard the rustling of branches near me. I ran following the noise, trying my best to pick up a scent or another means to track her. I came to a stop and listened for footsteps or any other sound, but I could not hear anything. Even without seeing, hearing, or smelling, I could sense someone was there. Close to me. I know you're there, I yelled out. Who are you? Why are you here? There was no response, but again, I could feel the presence. It was all around me. I was still in the forest and yet... There was a foreign presence surrounding me as if I had stepped out of one reality and into something else. I'm warning you, I growled. If you approach us again, unannounced, I will defend myself. I don't care if this is heaven or. You're not in heaven, the voice whispered. The voice was feminine, quiet. The sound floated through the ear, it was barely a whisper and yet it echoed around me, through me. With a sentence, the voice had awakened a doubt within me that I had tried so hard to tuck away. The only heaven I had ever known was with Clara, and she was taken from me. Even when I held her close to my chest, I feared that something would try and take her again, and that scared me. Hearing that what I had come to accept was a lie angered me. I balled my fist and stared into the darkness. I wanted to find whoever had said those words and make them tell me the truth. I'm not going to listen to you or believe a voice in the dark, I screamed. I will only say this one more time. Stay away from me and my wife. She's not your wife, the voice responded. The statement was clear and devastating. Whoever was behind the voice knew exactly what to say. With four words, my heaven was destroyed. Next week, chapter seven.